0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Time Out with Tim podcast. Now, I'm really excited about this one. I actually have Bo from FreeCodeCamp on. Bo, thanks for
1: joining me. I'm going to give you an opportunity to kind of introduce yourself to the audience here. Oh, hi. Yeah, hey, Tim. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm Bo Karns, and I work for FreeCodeCamp.org. A few of the things, things I do, I run their YouTube channel, which has been doing really well lately. We're almost up to 2 million subscribers. And I also am currently doing a lot to work on the new Python curriculum that we're going to be releasing right on our on the FreeCodeCamp.org. So we have a whole interactive curriculum to learn web development and we're going to be adding a Python section really soon.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So I've known Bo for a while, probably over a year now, hasn't it been? It's got to be close to a year. Um, Yeah. So Bo actually reached out to me right in kind of my early days of YouTube. I was maybe at, you know, nine or 10,000 subscribers uh, and we started working together and I posted some content on the free code camp channel. Uh, It's an awesome channel. And for anyone that doesn't know what free code camp does, kind of what the goal and some of the different aspects are, do you want to maybe explain that to them? Just give kind of a high level overview of what free code camp is.
1: Yeah, sure. Sure. I'd forgotten your channel was so small when we first started working together because it's, aren't you? You're over 200,000 now, right?
0: Yeah, I just passed 250,000,
1: which is absolutely mind boggling. So, yeah. Wow. So it's grown quite a bit. So, yeah. So let me talk to you a little bit about Free Code Camp. So, our, the main thing we have is at freecodecamp.org, we have a, an interactive learning curriculum. So uh, there's interactive coding challenges that you can do right in your browser and in instructional content. And it takes you all the way f- uh, from knowing nothing to being a full stack developer. So it focuses on JavaScript, HTML, CSS. There, you also learn uh, stuff on the back uh, like with Node.js, uh, React, MongoDB, and there, there's quite a, it's very well, round. once you go through the curriculum, you'll have a pretty well-rounded education as far as being a full stack developer. And it's a, it's a great place for anybody to start that doesn't know anything about programming. And like I said earlier, we're, we're working on rolling out some new certifications. So right now there's six certifications. Uh, pretty soon we're going to be increasing it to 10 certifications. And we're going to be adding additional certifications that focus on teaching python and so uh keep an eye on out for that because that's going to be rolling out pretty soon and i've been helping out a lot with that uh, we also have our youtube channel and i'm i'm the one responsible for running the youtube channel and on that channel we post full courses about a variety of technical topics like what we have courses course on python javascript ruby c c sharp um pretty much every programming language all the popular programming languages and a lot of the popular frameworks and a bunch of other things if you're le- looking for it's to watch learn about any programming or technical topic we may have a course on the free code camp channel um, uh, another really good course we have on there is a tensorflow course that uh, that tim created that you created so um, we've pu- published a few courses from from you and it's it's and people Are really liking it on the channel wow that's uh i mean congratulations like that's
0: absolutely amazing i know you guys did a lot but to be honest i didn't know about all of those things that you just said so i'm sure that's going to help not only myself but a lot of people that are listening so how long have you guys been doing free code camp for then because i mean that's a lot to accomplish um i would imagine it's been a few years but maybe you could speak to kind of how you got started with free code camp? Cause I know actually, let me rephrase that. So I know you have this robot channel on YouTube, right? Um, I've checked it out. It's pretty cool. Do you want to first talk about what this robot YouTube channel is and then how you kind of went, cause was that after you started with free code camp or was that beforehand?
1: Oh, well, yeah. So, uh, I, ha- the, I have a personal YouTube channel called robot family. And actually I started it after I was involved with free code camp. So, um, do, do you want me to, First, talk about the robot channel do you want me to first talk about how i got involved with uh, free code camp yeah sorry
0: i think i confused myself there because i thought the robot channel was before free code camp but now that i'm remembering back because we've talked before i think you said something and correct me if i'm wrong where you had a personal youtube channel where you were you know posting technical courses uh and then i guess who was it quincy must have approached you and then you, you got into free code camp so is that the correct storyline and then the oh, robot yeah so, after? so
1: yeah. um there's a lot of YouTube channels to remember. <laughs> so I I have a a robot toy channel that I'm actively growing right now. But I used to have another channel called JS Nuggets, where I would post um, small JavaScript tutorials. Uh, I, I would publish one tutorial a day, and they would just be like three minute tutorials. And I would try to um, wake up and get the tutorial done like really early in the morning before the rest of my family. Uh, uh, woke up and with my kids and stuff. So, and it, it's, um, so, so how it kind of worked is I, I was, I had my own YouTube channel called JS Nuggets and I was posting these JavaScript tutorials and eventually And I had already gone through part of the free code camp curriculum myself, but I hadn't, I wasn't um, contributing anything to free code camp. I just uh, learned a lot by going through the curriculum and I, I posted about my JS nuggets uh, youtube channel and the free co camp forum and and Quincy who who started free co camp and runs it uh, saw that post and reached out to me about interviewing me about my youtube channel on the free co camp channel and this was back when the free co camp channel only had about 70,000 subscribers so it was a lot smaller than it is now and at the end of that conversation this interview that was for the free co camp channel uh, Quincy asked if I wanted to start, if if I'd be interested in posting some of my JavaScript tutorials on the free CoCamp channel. And at that point, I think my channel was only like 2000 subscribers and I saw this free CoCamp channel that was 70,000 subscribers. So I figured I, I just completely abandoned my uh, my personal channel and started only posting on the free CoCamp channel. And I um, started, and it, 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 I Quickly became one of the main contributors to the free co camp channel to the point where I kind of took over the channel. And this was all as a volunteer, I was just doing this as a volunteer. And I, I started running the, the free co camp channel as a volunteer. And I got more and more involved with the free co camp community until um Quincy asked if if I wanted to come on full time, and uh, I said yes. <laughs> so, so I, so I yeah, so it pretty, we, we're up to um eight employees with free code camp and pretty much every employee started out as a contributor and just volunteering time to help, help build up the community, uh, before, uh, being hired on full time. And that, that's ex- exactly what I did. So I, I did have, um, I had two other, uh, software development jobs before I switched over to free code camp. But uh, it's been uh, I, I, the other jobs I was at, I knew that they were just I knew that they they were just stepping stones to get to the position I really wanted. And then when I got this offer, I knew that this working for free co camp was was uh, the the job that I would was was really I really wanted. and so i I continued to to work with Free Co camp and just continue to help help wherever I can to build up the community.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, that's amazing. The thing with Free Code Camp that amazes me is the fact that it is, you know, you guys don't try to really generate a profit, right? You're just there for the community. Obviously you need to pay yourself and run the business, but there's no ads. Like even on these massive technical courses, you would think anyone else would just run ads, um, because why not? But it's you guys have just built such a strong community of developers. Uh it really amazes me. And like I remember when you guys first showed me the channel probably last year you're at just maybe about a million or you had just hit a million subscribers and now you're almost at two or just past two and the community around free code camp just seems so strong like even the forum um i've met a ton of creators just by looking at free code camp and saying oh wow you know like bo featured this guy let me reach out to him and see if we can do something uh and you guys really also have helped me i mean i honestly can say that my channel probably would not be at the same level it is today without free code camp because you guys reach out to you know, high quality creators that might not have as much, I don't want to say clout, but maybe, you know, yeah, maybe that's the right word to use it uh, on the platform and you showcase them and you tell other people, you know, it's not just about free code camp. It's about learning coding and, and showing all these other channels. So that's what well, I'm,
1: yeah. I'm happy to hear that you feel like it's helped your channel sure. a lot. And That's one of our goals is so we, we post courses from a lot of different contributors on the YouTube channel and, uh, I mean, we have a few goals with that, but one of them is to bring awareness to really good instructors, and and we we hope that people will kind of see see these uh, great instructors on the free co Camp channel, and then go and then hopefully check out their other their, their other content that they have. So a lot of the people uh, whose courses we post have their own YouTube channel, and we I've heard from uh, quite a few people that have said that it's, that it's led to a lot of like post getting a video on the free CoCam channel has led to a lot of people finding out about their channel.
0: For sure, yeah, and that's exactly what it did for me, especially when I was at smaller numbers. I would say not as much now, just because, you know, just with volume, more people already know about me. But um, back when I was, yeah, at like nine, ten thousand 10,000 subscribers Remember the day, like the, probably the week after I posted on your channel My subscriber growth was like double or triple And I was seeing, you know, that was back when I was getting like 50, 60 subscribers a day And then the next day I hit like 500 or like 400 And I was like, wow, like that's, it's pretty amazing um, So I mean, yeah, thanks Bo for all of that And, you know, we've worked together and it's just a great opportunity to share some content that you know some people might not be able to see on the smaller channels with everyone so i'm sure a lot of other creators appreciate that um nice so how's the uh how's the robot channel going so is that something that's more of a hobby do you do that uh, you you have a daughter right more one daughter uh, i have a son. a son i actually Africa. have three
1: three sons oh wow okay <laughs> so i have a two year old five year old and seven year old so are they involved and... in the robot channel yeah so so that's kind of the reason why I started this robot family channel well, first, I was already kind of experienced with YouTube uh, running the free co camp channel, and um, I, I wanted to um, kind of branch out and kind of do something on my own. So, the free co camp channel, uh, I, I I have a lot of control over it, but I mean, there's only I mean, it's still part of this organization, we, so. we still have other input to what, what's going on on the channel, and I decided I wanted to kind of do something completely on my own so um uh, one of the the really i had two main goals for this robot family channel which was to have something fun to do with my kids because because I, I make these videos with my kids and then i also had the goal of eventually getting robots donated to our family mm-hmm. <laughs> so i wanted to get <laughs> free robots for, for for my kids uh that people that would companies would donate to so we could feature them on the channel and. Uh, I would say we've had success on both fronts. It, it has been a fun thing to do with the kids and we've gotten quite a few robots donated. So it, it started out with just um, some robot toys that we already had that we made videos about. And um, eventually I started reaching out to to companies to ask if they would donate robots, toys, to feature on our channel. And a lot of them said yes. And now we're at the point where um where we're getting companies just reaching out to us about different things that feature on the channel. That's, and, uh, um, that's awesome, yeah. So it's generally like a fun scripted videos where the robots are characters and the the robots are interacting with each other and a lot of times my kids will be will be part of the video and like it'll be my kids will be talking to the robots and uh, it's been it's been really fun and it's one thing that I wasn't expecting was, is that we're we're starting to actually make some money off the channel too. So, um, now we're getting, I, I don't think the, so we're kind of more of a toward the younger audience, you know, cause featuring my kids. And so it's more of like a kid's channel. So I don't think, I don't think kids channels get paid as much as like technology channels. So I'm sure, um, tech with Tim is probably getting more money <laughs> CPM, per ad yeah. than, uh, <laughs> than, than what we're getting on robot family. But, uh, and then we're also starting to be able to, um, get, when companies reach out to us about featuring their product we're kind of at the level where i can ask for money in addition to the free product so so we get the free product and additional money uh to to feature their product on our channel and it's been really fun yeah that's awesome that's that's great to hear i mean
0: that's such a cool thing
1: too because your kids are involved in that and you guys are growing it together so that's uh Mm -hmm. that's great to hear and uh another so my seven-year-old was uh was has was like inspired to uh he wanted to create his own video so now he's actually uh getting into creating videos completely on his own right well, wow. i kind of helped him a little bit but um i, I had an old camera lying around that i let, let be his camera so he's been uh inspired to uh start creating his own videos and i've been able to even help him do some editing and stuff like that so it's been a kind of a good learning experience for him too. For sure.
0: And I mean, that's a great skill to have regardless of if he's going to continue on YouTube or not to start getting more fluent with technology and, you know, editing and having something to do. So that's awesome. Um, okay. So what I wanted to ask you now is I know you mentioned that you had some software development jobs before. So I want to get what your experience with programming is. So like, do you have a degree? Are you, you know, are you a teacher? What, what, what is your, uh, your
1: professional experience maybe? So I, I used to be a um, high school teacher, Well, I actually taught pretty much every grade I taught because I, I was a special ed teacher. So I could teach elementary, middle and high school, but my, I ended as a high school teacher. And um, uh, while I, I, I decided I was kind of ready for something new. So I completed this online degree. So I, I did do, I did get a, a degree in um in software development, but it was through an online school called Western Governors University, and they allow you to work at your own pace. And I was just really ready to be done teaching. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of burnt out. So, so I was highly motivated to get this degree as quick as possible. So I just, I, I did, so I did the whole degree in six months. because wow. I was so motivated because wow. with the with uh, school, um, as long as soon as you, like pass the test or as soon as you come, you can work all the classes at your own pace. And as soon as you do everything you need to do for the class, you get to pass the class and go to the next class. So it's not, you don't have to, it doesn't take a whole semester. You don't have to wait to yeah. complete a whole class. So, uh, yeah, I, I had some courses transferred in since I already had the teaching degree, but, uh, I got to this whole course in six months and I wanted to kind of continue to, um, to improve my skill and also build up my resume. And that's when I, so I, one way I improved my skills was going through the free CoCamp curriculum. And then one way I was trying to build up my resume was to start that that YouTube channel, yeah. the, that uh, my personal YouTube channel. So I started that before I got hired. And then I, then I started contributing to the free CoCamp YouTube channel before I got hired. And um, my videos on the free CoCamp channel ended up getting me an offer to make a video course for a software publishing company called Manning publications. Yep. Yeah. I know and Manning. So yeah, I created two courses for Manning publications kind of that was kind of based on what I'd already done with free code camp. And I think when I got my first software job, I just had the, I was just almost done with my first course for Manning publications. So my teaching year ended and like toward the end of the last, my last semester of teaching, I just started uh, like looking for software jobs they can they could transition to right when the teaching year ended, and and it really worked out. So I, I actually used a strategy um, that, that I had heard about of just um, when I went to get my first software job, I I cold emailed a lot of software developers in the city that I wanted to work in, which happened to not be the city I was living in. We wanted to uh, I live in Michigan. Okay. And we lived on the east side of the state at the time, but I knew that I wanted to move to the west side of the state to be closer to family. So I cold emailed a bunch of software developers in the city we wanted to live in and just asked them if I if we could have coffee together. Wow. And I told them I, I was just one to ask them questions about the, the industry. And so then I, I would plan day trips over to um, the other uh, to, to the city, which is Grand Rapids, and I, I would just have like meetings back to back. Like I'd meet with seven people <laughs> in one day, and uh, and so and I would just like ask them questions about about the software in- industry and just trying to kind of network and build build relationships, and and then it 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 worked out actually. Um, I ended up um the the job. I got multiple job, I ended up getting multiple job offers at one time, and I think it was partly because of all the, like the YouTube videos I had, this manning publication course, and I had different way- things, of, sh- and I had some personal projects I developed. So I had all these things that I could put on my resume to show that I knew what I was doing. And so I was able to get multiple job offers. And, and one of the job offers was from a company that I got the job interview. Uh, actually, you know, I think it was two of the companies I got the interview because of just meeting with people like that, the job offer and the job I actually took, I didn't actually meet with the person, but then, um, but it helped me negotiate for a higher salary with sure. that person because I had these other job offers. And then I mentioned I had a second job before I was working with free co camp in the second job I had was at a company of someone I had met with the CEO of that company in my initial, exploratory phase when i was meeting with all these people and these software developers in the industry one of them was the ceo of this it was was a pretty small uh software uh company in in grand rapids and so it kind of worked in some ways it worked out so it was like way later after our initial meeting but you don't know um when, when you're like connecting with people and developing your relationships you don't know when that could possibly pay off in the future so well, wow, that's uh yeah, I mean, that's a pretty cool story. And I mean, that's uh, such initiative too,
0: right? Uh, that seems like a really good idea. I mean, would you recommend that to people to say they're looking for a job in a new city or just in an area reaching out to others that are already in the field and just making connections? I mean, it seems like an obvious answer, but it obviously it worked
1: for you. Yeah, I would definitely uh, recommend that. And w- one thing that also helped me was so I wasn't just trying to, uh, hopefully get a job at these people's companies. It was also, I wanted to learn more about the industry in that area because, um, just cause uh, like a certain programming language or framework is really popular in Silicon Valley doesn't mean it's going to be popular everywhere. Like sure. I think different regions have different programming languages and stacks that are more popular for that region. So, um, so I was able to like meeting with people, I got to know like which, which technologies were common at these companies in this area? So, a lot of I've a lot of people ask, like, which programming language should I uh, should I really focus on learning, or wh- which wh- what should I what should I learn? Should I learn this framework or this framework? Um, and I think some of it depends on what companies use in the area that you want to get a job in. So, first, you should kind of determine where you want to get the job, and then you can you can find out what programming languages are used in that area and that can kind of help guide you on which things to learn first. I mean, I definitely recommend learning uh JavaScript first. I think that that's a good but almost every company uses JavaScript because it's used in every website and even uh, can be used on the back end. But um as far as like what else to learn, I would I would recommend just kind of finding out what people are using in the region that you want to work in.
0: Yeah, that's really good advice actually. And I think that answers a question for a lot of people of what do I learn? What do I do next? I mean, reach out to people, make friends, make some connections and, and get some more insight, right? Because it's one thing to go online and hear, you know, articles from me and you saying what to learn, but to actually get it from someone firsthand who's working a job that you want to work at or is in the same industry is really valuable. That's, uh wow, that's, that's cool. That's great advice. And I guess now with LinkedIn too, I mean, it makes it even easier. You don't need to drive You know three hours to go actually meet someone in person you could cold dm them on linkedin and you know have a little chat there i know personally i get tons of messages on linkedin all the time and if i see something that makes sense where someone really put some thought into it i'm always open to answering those uh and, and chatting with people so
1: that's awesome that makes so there was actually a few people i met with that i just did a video call with so you don't necessarily have to it is i think it's better to try to meet with someone in person but if the place you want to live is like way really far away you can always just have video call meetings to ask people questions for
0: sure yeah that's a good point to hop on the phone yeah
1: that's uh that's great
0: so i'm curious so with all this this COVID 19 stuff happening Uh, have you seen an increase in traffic in free code camp? I know personally, I'll speak from my experience with tech with Tim. I was probably getting about 50 to between 50 and 60,000 views a day on the channel. And as soon as it kind of hit late February, early March, I noticed that that almost doubled. I was getting like, you know, 80, 90,000, some days I hit a hundred thousand and I can't help, but think, you know, it's due to this, this pandemic. Have you seen that as well on the free code camp? Oh yeah.
1: We've actually seen the exact same thing on the free code camp channel where, um, we have between like 50% to a hundred percent more views per day. Wow. Um, uh, I mean, I probably probably, I think overall it's maybe closer to 50%, but some days we get like two times more views as we were getting before. And uh, I think we've seen a similar thing just on, on all throughout all of free Code camp, like even on our yeah. uh, FreeCodeCamp.org, And, and so I, I think that people are kind of using this time to, to, to a lot of people are trying to take advantage of this time where you, uh, there's not a lot of other things to do to improve their skills and, and it's possible I mean I, it's hard to know the reasons that everyone has but I mean some people probably ha- have lost their jobs because of this and are looking to get a skill that's that's more likely to um to to be around for longer for sure because I know um I think I, I definitely have heard of software developers losing their jobs because of this ep- this pandemic, but I, I think it's less common. So if you're in the software industry, there's more opportunities to work remotely and to continue working despite um everything with besides despite having to stay at home and stuff like that. So it kind of insulates you from some of the some of the bad things that are happening to a lot of other people.
0: yeah, for sure. Um. I mean, I would also say some software companies, I mean, take Shopify or something, for example, right, have seen massive increases to the point where they've had to hire more people. So I think the software industry is one of the only ones that really has kind of come away. not I don't want to say untouched, but relatively, you know, untouched. If anything, I like companies like Zoom, for example, that have, you know, gone up like tens of thousands of percent in stock price, which is ridiculous. Actually, don't hold me to that because I don't know if that's true. But anyways, just massive booms. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah.
1: for me like, cuz i was already working from home before before this happened i mean i did change a little bit where uh, i would sometimes go into a co-working space uh but to to work but then i had to stop doing that cuz everyone since yeah. we were had to stay at home but it wasn't it didn't affect me as much as it affected a lot of people
0: yeah for sure i'd say the exact same for me i mean like as much as i was a student beforehand like i'll be honest i didn't you know go out that much go to too many classes and for me now i just i work at home anyways right i do the youtube videos from home my internship's gonna be remote now so it really it it doesn't seem to affect me too much and for many other people i know in the space they don't seem to be too affected although i guess that's
1: situation by situation uh one thing that was different for me though i some people I've heard just have a lot more time to learn things and improve things. I think that's why we're seeing this yeah. uptick on, on our channels. Me, I have a lot less time because we have the three kids. So, yeah, um, yeah, they're all home from school. And so I have to do a lot more helping with the kids. And, uh, so, uh, it's, it's been worse for my productivity.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine. I mean, I think a lot of people would probably say that as well, regardless if they have more time, their productivity would likely be, decrease i mean for me i know personally i work better you know alone kind of isolated without any distractions and even just being back at home right it's so easy to you know go upstairs and talk to your family not that that's a bad thing or like you know have people bugging you or w- whatever it is so that's interesting to consider so i guess none of your kids like they're all at home uh is your wife at home or is it just you that's uh dealing with that
1: yeah yeah so she's home too but um i'm we're pretty i'm pretty sure she had COVID 19 like she was in bed for quite a few weeks wow. and uh so that made it challenging for me <laughs> for, i can <laughs> but imagine was, but yeah. i was uh oh still trying to do my job and have watch my kids but but that's uh she's recovered so uh, things here. are yeah. starting to get back to normal yeah for sure that's nice so i guess
0: since we're you know we're on this thing of education people learning more um developing new skills i wanted to ask you and i guess you probably have a good perspective because you were a high school teacher and you did the the uh i guess the free code camp curriculum and this online course and stuff Would you say that Free Code Camp is meant to be a substitute for a formal education or more of something that's on top of
1: that, something else that you can do? Well, I think a a lot of the people that are using Free Code Camp are are people that are kind of past the age that you would normally go to college, like past college age people. A lot of them are older older people that may already have another job and they may already have kids or a family and they're just that they want to be able to kind of learn at their own pace um, and, and maybe switch careers. But I, I think it, you could also use it. I think you could almost use it in uh, replace, uh replacing college. I mean, you don't need, uh, I mean, college is good. I, I, so there's definitely a lot of opportunities that opens up if you go to college, but, I think that if you so if you're going to spend a lot of people spend four years going to college, if you spend spent four years just learning things on your own and developing projects and uh, and maybe trying to get your own clients and being able to develop things for actual clients, I think that's going to look even better on a resume than degree if you don't have any real world work experience like the amount of real world ex- work experience you could get in 4 years is quite a bit uh if if uh, you you just really focused on learning on your own like learning through free code camp learning through other resources trying to develop um maybe even developing like creating a YouTube channel to show off what you know, uh, if trying to get your own clients, like through, like maybe trying to ask local businesses to develop apps or things for them. I think that could set you up way better to get a job than a college degree. Some of the time, I mean, you can always do both. I mean, I guess you could go to college and do all this other stuff, but you only have time for a certain amount of, of, uh, of things in your day. And, almost every major tech company has have said that they that college degrees are optional, like Apple, Google, uh, they're all saying that we're mainly looking for what you can what you what what you can do and what you can produce and what you know and i mean it's it's always gonna like if all things being equal if so if one person if two people have projects that are just as good and one person has a degree and the other person doesn't i mean the person with a degree is going to be able to get the job but there's still a lot of opportunities for people to learn what they need to know to get a job without getting a college degree
0: yeah i 100 agree with that what i Going back to one of your earlier points, what I usually say is, you know, if you have the opportunity to go to college or university and, you know, you're not going to be going into crazy debt, it makes sense for your situation, I would recommend you do that. But I also don't think that it's, you know, a gatekeeping thing. If you don't go, so long as you're willing to put in the time you would have put in if you had gone, working on other things, like you said, you know, getting clients, a YouTube channel, projects, building those skills, I think, again, agreeing with you that you're probably going to be even more set up. I know personally, myself, uh, I'm kind of, you know, an exception. I'm someone who's doing both. I'm in university and I have this YouTube channel and the podcast and all of that. I'll say I've learned a lot more on my own than I have uh, in university. And in fact, there's some things that I learned before university. And in Canada, we call university. So that's what I'm probably going to keep saying. Uh, there's a lot of things I learned beforehand that, you know, I, we don't even get taught. There's a lot of industry level skills that just aren't even shown in university. And it's kind of like you go through university. Yes, you're going to learn a lot but there's also going to be a ton missing that you're going to have to do either way. So I think that's uh, an interesting insight, but I'm curious. So-
1: yeah, when I got it, when I got it, when I got my first software job, most of the skills on that job were stuff I learned independently yeah. of my, of this degree. And then also I think the reason I got the got a job was mainly because of all the extra things I did. I mean, it, it, it it didn't hurt that i had this uh software development degree but i think the things that make me made, made me stand apart were more the youtube the stuff i was doing on youtube this manning course and then also i also had a very pop, i wrote an article um that got published on the freecodecamp Camp uh, news publication all about the strategies the strategies i used to, to complete this degree in 6 months and it was uh, ended up being a super popular article and Like, I think that just having the article about how I was able to do the degree in six months was even more helpful than the actual degree (laughs) when it came to uh, getting a job. That's funny. That's funny.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, I agree with you. That, like, the reason I was able to get all the interviews I did was strictly because of the stuff I did outside of school. Not, I, so I interviewed at Shopify and at Microsoft and at both places, not once did I get asked about anything I did in school, not once did I get asked about my grades, they didn't even care where I went to school. In fact, they gave me an interview before they even saw my resume at Microsoft because they saw my YouTube channel and they saw the extracurricular stuff that I was doing. So I think a lot of people have the misconception that there's this gatekeeping, you need to go to a big school, uh, or you need to go to a really good school not even just a school in general to get a job in in software tech. but i would say that as the years are going on work slowly slowly moving away from that where yeah. more companies are realizing it's not about you know what you have on your resume it's about what you actually know it's about what so skills you bring
1: do you uh, do you work for a tech company now
0: yeah so yeah. i'm not i guess you wouldn't have even known i just feel like i've said it so many times on the channel but i'm actually uh, i'm gonna be interning at microsoft uh, remotely i'm starting in about two weeks so
1: Oh, awesome. That's really exciting.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about it. It was, you know, it was a lot of hard work. Those interviews, uh, you know, they are as difficult as people say they are, uh, but really excited. I'm happy that's still remote because there was a time where I was pretty concerned that it was going to be canceled uh, because some of the emails I was getting were not, you know, the most positive things in the world. They didn't want to instill any false hope, but it's good to hear that it's going to be moving remote, So waiting to see how that's
1: actually going to operate and work. Um, Have you, are you still in college, right? Or if you graduate? Yeah, no,
0: I'm only, uh, I'm only in second year. So I just finished second okay. year, probably
1: like a few weeks wow, ago. Right? You're going to, you're going to be set up so good to get an awesome <laughs> job once you're done. Or you, maybe you're not even going to try to get a job because you'll be making so much money off of all your, uh, <laughs> courses and your youtube channel yeah that's
0: a that's curious what you bring up because i i don't know right i get asked all the time like probably the most famous question i get asked is like you know what's your five-year plan what's your 10-year plan and i i don't know i have no idea for me right now it's just about trying different things figuring out what i like you know obviously the youtube channel is doing well i don't really need a job i could continue doing this as long as i want but it's a question of do i want to do that when i'm you know 25 do i want to keep doing this do i want to run something else so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in the future and what opportunities well you're, up, you're positioned so. very well
1: for the future yes yeah
0: i have a lot of i'm uh, you know thankful i have a lot of opportunity although that did come with a lot of hard work so uh you know i would say it's deserved so what i wanted to ask then as we're on this thing of education is do you think that this pandemic that's happening and this is what i want to talk to i've wanted to talk about this a lot and you i think are the perfect person to ask do you think this pandemic that's happening right now is going to shape or change what the future of education looks like. So for me personally, what, when I look at this pandemic, what I've seen is what inevitably was going to happen, online education, more people learning independently online at home. I was kind of imagining that was going to happen anyways in the future at some point. And I feel like this has sped that up. Would you agree with that? Is there anything else you think that as a teacher, I guess, um, that's changed? And you have uh, some sons as well. So I guess you kind of have a perfect perspective on that.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I do think it's going to speed it up. I mean, now so pretty much all colleges and universities are hap- are having to do all online classes. So a lot of the colleges and universities that weren't planning on it have to do it now. And even high schools are are doing online classes. Even my son's elementary school is trying to do online classes, but uh, there's only so much. Can imagine, you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, we're not getting a lot of uh, valuable content from his uh second grade teacher while we're at home but, yeah. <laughs> but but for for like high I think high school and college there's a lot of opportunities there um, for one thing that I think has to take into account is the, there's a lot of people making a lot of money on the way things were <laughs> so yes. so, yes. so it, even if uh, even if it maybe be it's better for people to be able to be able to learn from home and not have to. And uh, uh, maybe it's better for people. People can like start learning a lot of the stuff. The more stuff goes online, and more schools start to teach online, people realize, wait, I can get all this content online for free. I don't even need to be. That's going what I'm getting this, at. Yeah, this university. So I think there's going to be a lot of um, pressure from different corporations and universities to um, get back to how things used to be because that's how they were making lots of money. And, uh, so I, I do think that there's a, a change happening, but, uh, there's also a lot of people that want to be how it used to be.
0: Yeah. That's an interesting perspective because regardless of kind of what's best for, I want to say society or whoever's learning, you know, these, these universities, especially in the United States, are making ridiculous amounts of money, right? I don't know the uh, the salaries of some of the professors and the administration, but I know it's quite high. Uh, and that's that's a good point, I guess, regardless of if this is the best way to do it or not, they're going to try to do what's most profitable, which is unfortunate. But I think what this has done, at least for me, is kind of expose the fact that, that that's happening, right? That we don't need, you know, 50 grand a year, 10 grand a year, depending on where you live, United States, Canada, Um To get this kind of education I mean there's platforms like free code camp there's amazing courses I mean I have education stuff I put online and from what I've heard and maybe you have the same perspective a lot of people would say that some of these online resources are way more valuable than anything you get in class whether it's the quality of teaching I know personally like I pay a lot of I don't personally pay my parents pay I'll be uh, strict clear about that for university and uh I feel as though a lot of my professors Are not adequate teachers I'm sure they're very smart They definitely know what they're talking about But when it comes to actually teaching that to someone else Uh, I notice a lot of times that they don't have that skills some of them hardly even speak English and that's not to be, you know, racist or anything like that. It's just it is very difficult as a student to sit in a classroom and listen to someone for two hours that that doesn't have the skill to actually teach you something effectively. Whereas online, you know, if you don't like something, you you can pause a video, you can rewind, uh, you can really understand something. And I think that is what we're going to move forward uh, in the future. Well,
1: yes, definitely. It's hard for professors at a university really compete with what's out there online because like for instance we we po- one course we have on the free Cook camp youtube channel is called python for everyone and it was created by uh, someone kind of known he's his he's known as dr chuck and uh, he's he's a professor at the university of michigan which is a uh, kind of a top level school yeah. so this is like a, a like a super well respected professor at a top level school teaching python and it's it's a this is like a i think it's a 12-hour course that you can you can learn online there's free there's free courses from the top instructors on the in the world on most topics uh tons of tons of uh top universities have released videos of courses online for free for anybody to watch so it's it's really like just your average professor at a uh, university can't really match the the teaching skill as the like the top teacher in the world that's able to publish their course online that they just have to record at one time then people can continue watching it over and over again so the, the real the the main benefit of the i think that there is the main benefit of a uh, in-person in-person courses are like interacting face-to-face you can kind of uh, ask questions quicker, but now you can even, it's becoming more common to be able to ask questions online, like on the, like with free code camp with the forum, you can ask questions right away, but you still, I mean, networking is very important. So when you go to a university, it gives you a chance to really meet other, meet other students, meet the staff, and that can lead to opportunities in the future. So I think one thing, if you're not going to go to an, a university or like an in person cl- classes, you have to try extra hard to still develop relationships that can help you uh, in your career.
0: For sure. Yeah. And that's what I say as well. I think a big thing for me that I notice with people that maybe don't go or do go is uh, motivation, right? At least when you're going to a school you know, regardless of if this is a good thing or bad thing, you're kind of being forced to do something, right? Like you have deadlines, you have someone who's kind of on your ass saying do this, do that, you have these classes, you have a structured system, whereas if you don't go and you're not enrolled in some formal education, you kind of have to take that all on yourself. And I think a lot of people don't appreciate that a structured learning environment, regardless if you can find the information online or not, is really helpful to a lot of people because they might not even know what course to do next. They might not... You know, for me, the example I always use is, let's say I didn't go to university. You know, I'm sure I would be fine. But would I learn these fundamental math skills that I'm learning in university? Probably not. And that's not because, you know, it's not that I didn't want to learn them. I probably just wouldn't even know to to go do that. Right. And the Mm -hmm. socialization is a great thing, too. Um, You know, some of my best friends I've met in a university campus, there's people that I'll know for a lifetime that I've met on campus uh, that really, you know, changed my life. And you can't get that. If you're just you know sitting in your basement coding the entire time, well, I, I'm sure you could if you go out and do that. But it is a level of an initiative that you have to take upon yourself that I don't think everyone does, right? So.
1: Well, yeah, I I met my wife at an, my in-person university, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot of there's there's a lot of good things about going to an in-person place and meeting people, but I think that you can. You can find ways to supplement those things uh, if you try hard enough.
0: Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to get at is like, you know, university is not necessary, but if you're going to decide not to go, I think you have to at least have the understanding that there's some things you're going to have to take on yourself, some initiatives you're going to have to do that otherwise would have kind of just already happened without you having to really think about them. Um, so what I wanted to ask you, then, since we're on this topic is if you were, say, like an elementary student or a high school student today and you knew you wanted to be a software engineer, a software developer, what path do you think you would take? You know, knowing what you know now, um, having the experiences going through and seeing some de- like I'm sure you've seen millions of students and heard their stories. Uh, what would you decide to do? Would you go to university? Would you
1: do a boot camp? Would you do the free code camp is what would your path be? Um, well, yeah. Personally, I was kind of a late to start because, I, like I said, I'd already had another career. Actually, yeah. I Actually, had two careers before I went to to software development. But if I knew when I was in high school that I, that was exact, that's what I wanted to do. And I guess knowing everything I know now, i I probably, I probably would try to do it on my own first. Uh, as far as I would probably say, I'm gonna take maybe two years before I start a university course, just to see what I can learn on my own and what can develop on my own. And and then after the two years, if I felt like I was really, um, I would kind of reassess after two years to see if, if, did it was able to um, kind of develop my resume and build up things that, that a potential employer would want. And if things were going well, I would probably just continue that. So I, I don't think I would recommend people start with the, the four-year university. And I guess another option would be, uh, and you can also start at a community college. which is going to be a lot cheaper to yeah. start out at. And it, it could kind of like starting at a community college would kind of still get you start earning some credits, but it wouldn't cost as much. And then maybe you would still have a lot more time to be able to, to learn on your own. But I think, Every, no matter what you're doing, you should be learning on your own. Even if you're going to university, um, it, you need to have something that's going to help you stand apart. And so I think people should be uh, focusing on developing projects, getting involved in open source projects, uh, contributing to open source projects, um, figuring out how they can make make things for family and friends that that they can put on a resume. So I, I think being a self-starter and a self-learner is is even more important than than going to getting a degree
0: i 100 percent agree with you and i think that's a good point that you brought up is that i feel like a lot of people that come out of high school they feel pressured to immediately make a decision right to be like okay i'm gonna go or i'm not gonna go where i think what you said is you know there's nothing wrong with taking a year off. And in fact, you know, I, haven't, I don't know if there's studies on this or anything like that. A lot of people that I know that have taken a year off have said it's the best thing they've ever done in their life. They said it, you know, shaped them for the future. They got to learn a bit about themselves. They figured they needed it or they didn't need it, um, college, or university. And in that time, they were able to, you know, kind of make the decision. Are they going to go or not? And I know a lot that ended up going after taking a year off. I think the risk for some people is to say, well, if I take a year off, I'm not never going to end up going. But I think that's that's a really good point because there's no need to jump into a decision that could genuinely cost you a lifetime. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt is not something that you want to take lightly as a decision. So taking a year off, taking two years off, learning, being a self-starter, like you said, I think is really important. And that's what I've realized too, is that even when it comes to school, I still have to be a self-starter if I want to learn things because you know I don't end up going to a lot of the lectures, which means I kind of have to teach myself that. And, and that's a skill that fortunately i've developed is being able to kind of teach myself things find resources online and i think as a software developer or software engineer that's a really important skill to have to just be able to learn right i think a lot of people need people to kind of hold their hand and walk them through things where if you can develop the skill of being able to teach yourself really early on that's only going to help you especially as a software engineer where the career is kind of committing to lifelong learning right who knows what the next big language is going to be in 10 years python might be obsolete i might have to learn something new right So I think that's a really
1: important skill to have. Yeah. And another reason to not jump right into college is that, you know, a lot of people don't go go to college right away and then never use that degree. It's very common for people to get a degree and never use it. And even for me, my my first degree is actually in video production. And I use that degree for maybe a, a year and a half or like two years max before I decided I wanted to switch over to teaching. <laughs> so, wow,
0: that's well, I, that's, I guess that makes sense. You make a lot of videos, so uh, maybe yeah, that's so where some of this skill comes from.
1: So, I actually have three degrees and I'm able to use them all now. So, I had video <laughs> production, teaching, and software development, and now I'm able to combine all of those things into uh, creating software instructional content. Wow,
0: that is like the perfect combination you could possibly have. <laughs> for uh for what you're yeah. doing that's wow i just didn't know at the time where it was going to end up so but it kind of it did work out that's funny yeah that's actually wow that uh, i guess it worked out pretty perfectly um so what i wanted to ask them i mean you're a teacher you've taught many people you see you have own, run the free code camp channel i see a lot of beginners making mistakes in programming i wanted to ask you what do you think the number one mistake is you see from someone who's just starting to learn coding someone who's getting into the field that you know they want to be a software developer they want to make games whatever it is what is it what's some
1: some fundamental mistakes that you see uh for commonly from those people. Well, I think one mistake is trying to learn too much stuff at the same time. So like what w- there's so many different programming languages out there, so many different frameworks, so many different um uh, IDEs and and ways to do software development and all, there's so many different ideas on, on which is the best to use or wh- which is the best to do. Like th- this is the best programming language. This is the best framework. This is the best IDE. So when you're, when you're brand new uh, you, I, I think some people find themselves jumping from one thing to the other. Like they start to, they start to learn one thing, but then they find out, Oh, actually this other thing is better. And like, Oh, this is, this other thing is better. So I think it's best to just find one thing and stick to it. Like one programming language, stick to it till you, you know it completely before you try to go on to learn another programming language and uh that it's actually ex- that is, is actually one of the benefits to the our curriculum on freecodecamp.org is is it has a one a single learning path where, where you just start at the beginning and you go through all the challenges till you get to the end and it'll, it kind of helps helps keep you focused so you don't get spread out like trying to to learn different things uh, so if you just uh, so that's what I would say just stay focused don't you don't have to learn every th- single thing all at once um, and there, there's even experienced developers never learn everything and you just have to pick a few things to uh, really good, get good at yeah
0: that, I think that's a really good point I mean what I always say is the more you learn the more you realize how much you don't know I mean personally like I think what happens with a lot of people and the internet especially is, you know, you get you get to like kind of the surface level of a topic, you get kind of good at it, and you're not far enough in where you you just don't know how much other stuff there is to actually do, uh, and it is really difficult to say, do I want to focus in this? Do I want to focus in that? So what I kind of I want to um, kind of combat your point then and say, well, my perspective a little bit is I think that's important to focus on one thing, but I also think it's important to taste a few different things. I think that when you're just starting out. Uh, It's really easy to get trapped into maybe a programming language you don't like or only do one thing and I know I see a lot of people that get discouraged because you know they get really good at one topic and then they realize that hey I I can't do what I want to do with this and they have to learn something new. So do you think it's important to try different technologies or to at least kind of taste them, right, and see what it's like? For me, I know when I was younger, something that helped me when I was like 12, 13, 14, I never really stuck to one specific thing. I learned HTML, and then I learned CSS, and then I did PHP. Sure, they're related. But then I did C Sharp, and then I went to Python. And it wasn't until I really got to maybe 15, 16, after two, three years of learning programming when I was younger... That I really dialed in on Python and started learning that. So what what's your take on that then? Do you think it's important to try different things? Or is it okay to just kind of pick one thing and dial it in, like you said before?
1: Well, I guess when you start as young as twelve, then you have time yes. to learn <laughs> all those different things. That's true. I guess that's a that's <laughs> a very you start different starting uh, that young, but yeah. but you know, I, I do think it's good to be kind of familiar with everything. Like one thing I did when I was first uh learning, learning about software development is I just listened to a bunch of software podcasts. Mm So I just, um, found lots of different podcasts on lots of different software related topics and just listening to the people talk about different things. And a lot of the things I didn't even know what they were, but through enough exposure to these different concepts, I started to kind of get a good feel for, for kind of the layout of, of the software industry and all the different things that are out there. So I, I do think that, I think there's some truth to it. It's good to kind of know a little bit about everything. Cause when people talk about like a framework or a programming language or a topic, it's good to kind of at least have some sense of knowledge of what they're talking about. And so, but I do think you can kind of, take it too far where you try to get a deep understanding of every single thing all at once. And I think it's, I I think at the beginning, you want to kind of do a little bit of both where you you want some way of kind of getting familiar with everything and knowing what everything is, but you also want to just pick one or two things to really dive deep on. Okay. I think that's, yeah, that's a good
0: answer. And I mean, I know what the YouTube channel has done for me, at least uh, just the comment section. Like I try to read almost all the comments has taught me so much about all these different frameworks and what's out there and what tools to use. Cause for example, right, I'll post like a Selenium tutorial, which I recently did. And someone will comment, Hey, why don't you try beautiful soup? It's really similar to that. Or, Hey, Tim, you posted this JavaScript tutorial. Why don't you try that framework? And there's things that I didn't even know existed. That, uh, that I learn about so I think that's a good point Is being involved in some kind of community Or listening to podcasts or just You know keeping up with kind of new trends And what's out there is important so that you at least Have a general domain knowledge Of kind of what's going on so that like If you wanted to say make a full stack website, you at least have in the back of your head some frameworks or tools that you could just Google to figure out. Because I think the big thing for a lot of people that start out is they don't even know what's out there, right? I mean, I know when I started, I didn't know the difference between Python and C++ and C and Java and like I had no idea, right? And until you kind of get familiar with the industry and what's out there, it's really difficult to kind of pick what you want to do because you, you don't know. Maybe there's something out there that's better. Uh, that you would rather do, right? Like I know I was really into making games when I started programming, and I probably should have just stuck with C Sharp and, and done Unity if I wanted to do that, right? Uh, that's not what I'm doing right now, but I didn't even know that Unity was a thing. I didn't know that you know you can make 3D games at home with a platform like that. So yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, okay, so what I want to ask next, then? I mean, we both have kind of platforms where we're putting out content for free. What do you think of a platform like Udemy? I know people, you know, Sendex, have you heard of that channel? Yeah. yeah. I know he spoke out about this a while ago. Uh, a lot of other creators said they don't like the Udemy platform. They kind of refuse to put courses on there. So I was curious, like, what's your opinion of a platform
1: like Udemy, especially when it relates to software engineering? Well, I mean, I think that there's, there's good and bad things about it. I mean, there's definitely good courses out there on, on Udemy that you can learn a lot from, but one thing, I think you should always check first. So a lot of the top courses on Udemy, we have free courses on the free CoCamp channel on that same topic. So there's a lot of free content out there that, that is actually high quality content. That's, um, that could be just as good as some, some paid content. And also, uh, so one, so I've tried to get, um, courses for the free co camp channel from a lot of different sources and one thing i've done is is as checked like i've checked the free courses on udemy and i thought well if people are posting a f- course for free on udemy they probably would be interested in sharing that with the free Co camp channel but a lot of the free courses on there are not up to the quality yeah. of uh, of the free Co camp channel because that's the thing about a place like udemy is that anybody can post anything and there's nobody um uh, determine the quality. I mean, sometimes you can tell just based on the reviews and stuff, but there's a lot of shady things co- going on. Like I know, I think syntax, uh, he was saying that, uh, people were taking his, his series, I think maybe from YouTube and reposting yeah, them on U- Udemy hearing. and putting them for sale. And so, and Udemy doesn't seem to care that much about that. The, 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 the company as a whole doesn't seem to be that concerned about plagiarism because they still get money either way. So I don't think, I don't think it's the best company. Um, but I, I think like, I'm not going to say that you should never, never get a course on yeah. Udemy. Cause I think some of the individual creators that are putting courses on there, they're actually really good people. They're really good. They can make really good courses. Um, so just cause the company itself has shady business practices, the, the, the creators aren't necessarily uh, don't necessarily have shady business practices. And there's definitely a lot of good creators posting courses on there. I would say first see what's available for free before you um, before you, you go to, to pay for something and, and just keep in mind that some of the free stuff on Udemy isn't really that aren't, isn't really that good of material.
0: Yeah, I, I mean,
1: I 100% agree with that. And I
0: also know, like, I'm not a fan of the companies that do stuff like post a course for, you know, $300 and then put it on sale for like 8 bucks. Like, that to me is just a little bit misleading sometimes. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of Udemy, but I do agree with you. I think that I know I personally know people that post courses on Udemy that have had great success, that, you know, people love their course. It's, it's paid. They love it. It's great. But then same thing, you know, there's no reason... For all I know, there's courses of mine that are on Udemy right now that people are just profiting off of. And I know Sendex was saying that it's very difficult with plagiarism across borders, right? Because I think Udemy is an Indian company. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure he said that For him to be able to even mark a course As plagiarized he first has to purchase The course and then he has to flag it He has to send all these requests and you know If the creator of that course lives in a different country His chances of getting any of the money That they've sold his courses for is is pretty much Zero right Um, that's kind of the issue With the plagiarism and stuff online Is it's really difficult when it Comes to legal stuff because there's people all over The place right and if you're not in North America uh, The chance that you're going to get anything uh, You're going to be able to sue or anything like that is, Is pretty slim So yeah uh, I don't know I think a lot of people I think Immediately go to a paid platform they don't even Bother looking online for free when I Can honestly say like I've had people comment I'm sure You've seen them hey this course is way Better than the one I did on Udemy and it's free Right so I would just recommend to anyone who's Who's thinking about purchasing something on there Like you said, do a little Google search, search around a bit, spend half an hour, see if you can save yourself some money and find it for free online, because chances are you'll be able to find it for free and it might even be higher quality content.
1: Yeah. I think some people think that if it's free, it's going to be low quality, but that's not necessarily true because there's, there's plenty of people that have motivations besides just trying to make money that still want to create good educational content. 100% I mean
0: I think the big reason A lot of people start YouTube channels is also Just their resume right like what you were saying They're not in it to genuinely make A profit they're in it to help them get a job Or to share their knowledge people do actually Have good intentions believe it or not So so yeah that's Possible okay so I think uh, we're Going to wrap it up after this last question here But I want to ask you, what are the plans for free code camp in the future? So obviously you guys have grown like crazy. Um, I mean, you're helping genuinely millions of people learn to code, which is absolutely amazing. Where do you see this channel in, you know, five, 10 years? What do you, is there any big plans, anything you guys are thinking about doing that you want to share with
1: us? Well, yeah, I mean, for the YouTube channel, our plans are just continuing to post uh, more and more comprehensive courses. I mean, the idea is that eventually, you don't ever need to go to Udemy because you can get every course for free right on the free code camp YouTube channel. So we want to just continue to expand with more and more content, more and more uh, uh, in-depth courses on every topic on the, on the YouTube channel. I, I suppose uh, people be like, other people making courses may not like that, but the truth is, uh, we one thing we recommend is that, you need to learn from multiple sources just cause just cause we have something on the free co channel. That's a really good course. Doesn't mean you shouldn't also watch this course on this other channel or also watch this course, uh, maybe a Udemy course because uh, to really understand a concept it's it's really good to get multiple perspectives on uh, certain concepts and, and hear people cause every, every instructor explains in a slightly different way and that connects and their, their instructional style will connect with different people. So one, one uh, person trying to learn would learn best from one instructor. Another person may learn best from another instructor. So hopefully people don't look at free co camp as competitors. We're just all trying to provide great content. And uh, just because our channel has a course doesn't mean it's, makes it so your course isn't going to get a view because hopefully people will be trying to watch both courses, you know, or all, all the courses to learn as much as possible. And as far as, um, the free code camp organization with the other things that free code camp is doing, um, we, one thing we just started new with the YouTube channel also is, uh, doing summits. So we just, on just on May 1st, um, we had our, had, had a, uh, had a summit on the YouTube channel where some of the, Free code Camp staff, including me and Quincy and some other people, uh, shared about upcoming features on Free Code Camp. And we talked about the YouTube channel, we talked about free camp free free code camp news, the forum, and then also we talked a lot about the upcoming Python curriculum. Yeah. And so if you want to know about Free code Camp and what's gonna what's gonna what's coming up, uh just keep a lookout for the summits that we wanna start doing them every month to keep people updated of what we're doing in the uh, for the community. And so but the biggest upcoming thing really is the Python certifications we're adding to the curriculum. By the end of May, we should have the the beta test, the beta test site up for people to start going through the the initial uh, Python certifications. So uh, keep an eye on, on out for that
0: yeah that's awesome i think the python thing is going to be a big hit i mean it's kind of the next big upcoming language here uh do you guys see yourself doing anything with other languages like do you see for example i get asked almost all the time to put subtitles in like hindi on my videos and stuff like that do you think you're going to keep it english or do you see a possibility to free code camp branching out to other languages in the future like uh you know speaking languages
1: yeah well so um for the youtube channel we do have subtitle. we we always are we're always trying to get contributions of uh subtitles in different languages for the video so some videos have subtitles in other languages that people from the community have have created so we, we're always uh, we appreciate that and then for our and, and for the time being we're not looking at creating a YouTube channel with the different spoken language, but that's something that we would be open to in the future. And for the freecodecamp.org and the curriculum, um, we are looking at uh, translating into other other languages. And one that that's um, we all already have almost complete is a Chinese version. Oh wow! So uh, we do have a, a Chinese version of of freecodecamp. And uh, we have uh, one of our staff members actually is from China and lives in China and is kind of heading that up and getting the the Chinese version of Free Code Camp going. And we are eventually going to have Free Code Camp in like the top five world languages or maybe it's the top seven. I can't remember off the top of my head now, but yeah, we do want to make this make free coding education as available as widely as possible to everyone all, all over the world.
0: That's amazing. All right, Bo, I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I definitely, you know, learned a lot about Free Code Camp and kind of your background, which was really cool to hear. Uh, hopefully we can do this again in the future and maybe we'll have uh, Quincy on as well. Yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Awesome.